Uh, hola, ¿cómo, cómo estás? Um, uh, ¿Quieres practicar tu español uh, para Lima? Por favor. What the fuck did you just say? No? Okay, well... I'm, Speak it's... English, goddammit. <laughs> what, what are you, doing an impression of the um, uh, uh, Eastern Europe... Or, excuse me, <laughs> the U.S. East server? <laughs> God, I've ruined my joke <laughs> in five seconds. I just restart the whole recording. <laughs> Hi, buddy. I, like I made the, the joke way more interesting. <laughs> I was like, where is this one going? Um, I, have, I, I haven't fully spun up yet. I'm really like, I'm, I'm still in first gear and the clutch is not, it's not shifting. I've been stuck. Dude, are, are, are you keeping the stash? Did, did mom like it? Uh, <laughs> no, she didn't. She didn't like it. I do think she found it funny though. Uh, and then by the end of the like three day deal, uh, she was like, you know what? Uh, stash is kind of growing on me. To which I responded, it's growing on me too. <laughs> uh, I'm not even fake laughing. That's just so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm getting better at dad jokes as time goes on because uh, Ellie likes them. So like, I'm embracing that more and more, even though I'm not a dad. You're becoming very prepared to just like be somebody's uncle. Like, you're, yeah. You're, now I've, I mean, I've got the mustache too, right? Like, I'm really just all in at this point. Yeah, I. You know, out, out of most of my friends, you've probably had the most looks over over the past like you know three four years between yeah. hair, facial hair, uh, like like you mohawk. Yeah, bald. There's just a bunch. Yeah. I'm I'm currently in growing out a mullet stage, and I don't want to, <laughs> and I and I don't want to curse it because I don't know if it's going to work or not. But that's that, mullets that's, are in mullets they, are yeah they're coming back for sure. They're super, which makes me actually like it a little bit less if I'm being honest. <laughs> uh. But but we're currently in growing out a mullet stage. Um, I, I won't have one in time for the major, God willing, I find a plane ticket to Lima. But you're getting on an airplane soon because there's there, there's an exciting Dota event that, to, to happen, eh? Yes, sir. This will be the first time that I have announced. Uh, apparently, they're going to do talent announcements today, which I requested. I, this, I think this would be pretty hype. Mm -hmm. If you made, in the talent announcement, if you made the picture size... Uh, proportional to I, I said their importance on the broadcast but in a more objective way would be like rates or something <laughs> <laughs> oh no well that, that'll really inject into the conversation about like talent and people not like who did get hired oh man what about Cheever like all this stuff like if, if you really did that then oh boy <laughs> Why? Why is sheep? Why? Why is sheeper so big and sheepstick is so small? <laughs> it should be a puzzle and just let people figure it out. Like, like do that without any context, just to see what happens. Yeah, I, I, the, the entire reason I did that was just to get a dig at sheep, which uh, she is also going to the major. So that's that'll be fun. That's exciting. And you, you said you've never been to South America before, right? Is that true? Yep. That is a uh, that is a continent that I have not visited so once i go there then all that's left is africa at this point mm. well you know australia but eh. no no australia counts. it's a big island Aust it's a big island australia counts as one you haven't been to i was gonna say you don't have to count on antarctica i think that's kind of that's kind of a bullshit <laughs> you don't have to worry about that 
I didn't even consider that one. Who am I? Metallica? I'm not. I'm not going there yeah, just to, or for Lord the fucking... or anybody else. Yeah, it's it's. <laughs> Wait, Lord did that too? Yeah, I, there's there's been a recent string of celebrities who have just like gone to Antarctica to like chill, Why, just so they can say the they've they've done seven continents. I can imagine if you have just a lot of money and potentially a lot of time, and if your thing is travel or like weird checklist mm. travel then it might make sense like I, 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 I can see it i don't i don't really have it on my travel list but i'm hoping to also check no. off south america I, I have a lot of people who are there because of the vct lock-ins happening and i'm like hey can we just go from brazil to lima it's like a, it's like a oh, whole uh, thing. so i'm gonna see you there 100 percent. you said you're trying to lock down flights <sighs> My situation is probably directly tied to how well Team Liquid does in groups. Okay, so you're going to be there for the stadium days if Liquid is in there. Correct, yeah. We actually, I'm not going and Dennis isn't going. We actually have someone from our Brazil staff who's a, who's a big Dota person who's going to be with the team mm. recording some content, which is really cool. His name's Joao, and uh, he'll he'll be meeting actually the team for the first time. Uh, but if there's a world where things look like they're going to go pretty well um which you know everybody has their fingers permanently crossed then i might find myself on a on an emergency flight how uh do you know how far they have to make it do they have to just win the first upper bracket quarterfinals to be in the same to to be in the stadium i i actually don't know how the stadium days are broken down i actually don't know how the stadium days are broken down either um i don't know if they're doing upper bracket quarterfinals and lower bracket ones and twos um, outside we, of the we stadium. came here very prepared for the podcast. <laughs> hey, everybody. We <laughs> haven't seen you in a couple of weeks. You've been like, I don't know, busy with stuff. And when we get here, we did not do our homework. Oh, boy. That <laughs> uh, wouldn't be the first time. But also, it's not really the important. It's the important information. It's really not. So, um, no. I've been I've been very busy. I got I got a I got a promotion. Uh at, at a work. promotion i got a promotion at work my my official why? title now why my, did they do that i don't know like i it's probably because uh, somebody else would be too expensive and i'm just cheap um uh-huh. I, I i am now an executive producer which is a title oh. that feels like like 20 percent not earned because like the only people who are eps in hollywood unless you own your own company are like 50 um which is cool but also weird um but i've 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 been a busy boy both so Quick yeah. question about your like: Are you did someone above you get a, a bump up and you're taking their spot? Did they create a new spot for you? Is this is this entirely just a a, a responsibilities and in, in pay rise increase? Are you getting a pay rise at all? How much is my cut? Part of the reason, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, I'm just I saying your brand is tied in with me. I feel like I've helped you be more successful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure it was in the meeting when they were like, Joey, we're giving you a promotion. We've seen your social media lately. You've got a really great podcast going on. Um, yeah, but but it's mostly Austin. We, we actually just want to work with, with Cap more. So if, so if you can just get him in. <laughs> if we could pay you to get him to come to us, that would be really good. Um, we added a level in between me and my boss, which we were missing, and I took that level. So I'm most of my job is still the same. I just have more employees now. Okay, so that that was what I was hoping to hear. So what I'm getting from this is you're not going to be as overworked as you have been. 
that's that's part of it. So it, it's weird because okay. it is both technically more responsibility, but also kind of just the same thing I've been doing anyways, but also more people underneath me to delegate stuff to. Uh, so, so the big theme for this year, and we can check in throughout it, <laughs> Or at the mm-hmm. end, but the big thing for this year is me learning how to delegate. That's yeah. I was I was gonna say it's. It, it, this sounds like you less work unless you are a control freak and uh, need to unless. micromanage every part unless. of. So, so that's not you, right, Joey? No, no, that that's not me. I generally do not have issues with control. Not not in my not in my love life. Not in my family life. Not in my work <laughs> life. Not like you know in my video games. Like I don't you know. There's a mm-hmm. reason. I, I'm not someone who like plays Dota and shot calls because I'm you know I'm, I'm you know it, sure. It's and you, I, you don't like start like you know lists when it comes to hobbies and have to like complete it all the way through, right? You don't have to see every single level of things being totally done, right? Um, I feel like no, I, no, no, no. That, that, that feels oddly targeted. I feel that feels like really incredibly targeted, but I can assure you that is not the case. Um, <clears throat> I haven't watched The Last of Us yet, but it's really bothering me that it's like on the top of like my backlog for TV, and there's like six episodes now today, and I haven't watched a single one because apparently, have you watched any of it? People are very happy. I've watched. It. I've watched three or four. Um, I, I I watched it after I was always going to watch it, but uh, there was so much hype around the third episode, mm-hmm. um, which does not involve the the main characters, but involves a storyline uh, of a gay couple, and that was it, it was it was very well done. But obviously, it's one of those things that um, is gonna get a lot of reaction out of people. Mostly mm-hmm. good. Uh, it's one of those. Is, is it like insulting for me to say that it's like um, what, what is that term like for movies? Uh, for movies. Oscar bait or queer baiting? Like no, no, like Oscar bait. You know, like the, there are certain oh. movies that are like more. I feel like that episode was was kind of like that, and that it was a very endearing, like heartful story and stuff like that. Like that's the one that they're going to give to the Emmys and be like, "This is our like yeah. best TV show for yeah, yeah." Yeah, I, I don't think Emmy bait's a thing, but like Oscar bait is a thing for sure. Mm, okay. Also, not like not that you brought this up in any way, but uh-huh. um, I actually recently finished my entire backlog of movies, and then it made me anxious that the list was empty. So what I've decided <laughs> to do now. <laughs> Austin, I really need to go see a therapist. What I decided to do is I added um, every Best Picture winner since I was born which there's now 30, <laughs> soon to be 31 of. And I've okay. already watched 15 of them. So there are 15 Best Picture movies. Then my, my goal is to watch them all this year. You you know that's you know where that's going to go, right? <laughs> no. You're going to complete that list, and then you're going to expand to the entire Best Picture there's list. There's 90 of those. There, I think there's 96 yeah. of those. 94? 95? It's, it's one of those numbers. Um, mm-hmm. I... I do not like watching old, old movies. Uh, okay. So I, th- I think I can stop myself. All right, fair enough. I was watching an old movie the other day. Uh, Charade. Have you seen that one? No. With um, Cary Grant and uh, Audrey Hepburn. No. Big fan of... Uh, I, I, like, I like both of those actors. Uh, pretty good. But there was, def- there was definitely some... <laughs> <laughs> and like I, I've seen it before. I think I saw it when I was like a teenager or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, Cary Grant is like 
He's like upper 40s, early 50s. Uh-huh. And she, Audrey Hepburn's like probably like 18. Ooh. Somewhere in that area. And it, it definitely like there was way more like when I saw it as a teenager and when I see it now, there's so much like social commentary that has now been added in my head over that. Like when he's calling her like a kid and like stop being so childish and stuff like that. And and like the 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 just the trope of the older man, younger girl dynamic was just like I was like, man, this is this is really there is a gross element to this. The fact that they put this together in the first place, because that's what, you know, it's audiences fun- want it's funny you say that because i just recently watched american beauty on a plane um uh-huh. which, which is also a movie that features an older kevin spacey um <laughs> you know <laughs> um potentially being interested in his high school daughter's friend um uh-huh. and what unfolds there which is not a great plane movie i also <laughs> watched inception on a plane which is a very funny movie to watch on your cell phone like like this and going hmm <laughs> i think it's really actually meant for like imax and christopher nolan probably wants to kill me um but yeah so <laughs> point being i don't know what you're talking about about having to log and checklist their media mm, mm, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely mm-hmm. no idea about that no well idea. i hope that the conclusion to this is at the end of the year is that uh you are are less overworked because you are definitely overworked so i'm glad they gave you a promotion and recognize that so wh- one of my goals is actually um, that I've set for myself personally is to work less than 20 50 hour weeks this year. Because mm. I, I, I keep track of my twice time. as many vacations. Apparently, that's also another goal. <laughs> well, OK, those feel like they those feel like they help each other. Also unrelated. I got on a plane to Orlando on Thursday. Um, <laughs> Wait, what? I'm, I'm, I'm just going to go to Orlando for the weekend with my family. Um, not that I'm yeah. trying to take another vacation or anything. <laughs> why uh why are you going to orlando this is it's just because your parents are old and naturally people just go to florida this but. is boring for 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 podcasts but like uh-huh. there's a there's there, there there's there's a family event and there's also like a pool show um and my mm. dad does pools so my mom's like but honey it'll be a tax write-off ah, and really see, she wants to go to disneyland and my dad's gonna go to a convention it's like a whole thing okay yeah i see the only reason i i, I brought this up is my aunt and uncle they they uh they on the side they renovate houses rent them out mm-hmm. or landlords uh and they uh got they have over the last like 10 years gotten some property in Hawaii. I don't know how many places in Hawaii, but now they're apparently they're thinking maybe it just might be one now, uh, but they're thinking about selling their stuff in Hawaii and, and moving that uh, entire interest over to Florida. <laughs> I was just like, why? <laughs> All right, whatever. Cause it's easier. I, like, yeah, yeah, I guess so. I, guess. I, don't know. I, I mean, the travel to Hawaii probably sucks. Not that it's, I've ever been there because honestly, I have no interest in Hawaii whatsoever, but that's a, another side topic. I just go somewhere in Southeast Asia instead. You can get more for your money and you're already kind of in the area. Hawaii, Hawaii isn't that dissimilar from when we were in Bali, except there's like, it's like more yeah. resorty and less privacy. Yeah. 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 And less garbage, which I recently, there was a depressing post on, on Reddit about a uh, plastic in the ocean. And uh, top top of the board was Philippines. Apparently, that was, I was like, yeah, I kind of remember that from being in the Philippines. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Yeah. Well, but, um, what what else have you been up to? 
Uh, <laughs> what else have I been able to do? So I came back uh, from Malaysia, and then I went and visited my uh, mom and my family. Uh, she tore down or renovated her carport, uh, not her garage, but she also had a carport uh, for the house that just, she bought. Just for the sake of not not me, but the audience who I mean, our, uh, our audience is very global, and some of them might. What's the difference? A carport is uh, like open, basically. A garage has a garage door. It's a full like four walls and roof sort of deal. A carport is more like just a roof and a sidewall. Usually there's like the front and back are both open. It's okay. more like an open garage sort of deal. Uh, so yeah, renovated that, made it into a little apartment, which uh, she might uh, rent out to traveling doctors and nurses is apparently her play. Um, and so she had that done, she completed it. And then when we were supposed to go out for Christmas, that got canceled. So we came up, uh, now and we helped her, um, we helped her, like we went to Ikea and bought a bunch of like typical, uh, rental, like for a furnished apartment sort of mm -hmm. thing. So just a bunch of plates and, and cups and stuff like that. And then moved a bunch of some of the furniture she had from previous, uh, houses that she had into the apartment and set it up all and yeah that was pretty much the weekend went oh. to the casino a few times won some money on blackjack hey how pleasantly entrepreneurial the 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 carport not the casino yeah normally that's yeah. so my uh not, we got a lot of stuff to talk about real quickly my my mom's uh husband mm -hmm. is uh is a part of the tribe that owns a fancy casino that is a new casino up in the, the Washington, Oregon area. Uh -huh. And let me just say, I've heard some some numbers. God damn. Good God business? damn. Good business? Yeah, it's, it's very good business. I mean, they just pretty much hand out money to, to like the tribe members. It's just like, yeah, we've got shit tons of money. What, what? You need like a, oh, you're going to put in an, a, a well? Yeah, we can pay for that. You're going to put in a well in your house? Yeah, we'll, we'll pay for that. No problem. That, that must be a fun oh, job shit. to be the person at the casino who is actually community interfacing and getting to help people and being like, ah, yes, what kind of philanthropy can we do today? Yeah, that's that's probably great when you own a casino, <laughs> <laughs> especially uh, like a new casino that's making like a bank. Uh, yeah, that's probably really fun. If you're one of those uh, tribes who does not have that source of, uh, of income, it's probably real shit. But this this situation. Yeah, they're great. Apparently. <laughs> What's what's the Dota stuff that people want to talk about? So I can so I can leave a, st a timestamp for roughly I don't know here for the people who are like, but I want the timestamp, Joey. Look, you clicked on the button. We're right here. We're gonna talk about Dota now. Okay, so Joey, do do you want to hear how wrong you are now or later? About what? J just answer the question now or later. Now I'll I'll, I'll take now. Okay, all right. There's cheating all over the place in the DPC, Joey, just like I told you there was going to be. And this was going to be a serious problem. And lo and behold, it took not even a full season for me to be right on multiple accounts. I mean, okay. Not to sound like one of like the the the, the bad single white males on the internet, but like <laughs> we have laws. What do you mean? We we have uh, like I I mean has this gone through the judicial process? Like I mean have people been innocent <laughs> until proven guilty? Is all I'm saying. <laughs> has anybody been banned 
yet. Uh, no, but I've, ah, I've well then, read how do, how do and we know seen. It's cheating? How do we know it's cheating? <laughs> I've read and seen most of the evidence, and it looks pretty damning. Uh, okay, especially the uh, Southeast Asia uh, cheating allegations, where you can watch the video. It's basically uh, accusing a map hack, and uh, when you go through the player uh, perspective, you can see that he stops moving his mouse. Because uh, he's alt tabbing, and if you watch the the vod, uh, I I think there's a moment where you could see like a light, <laughs> like a flashbang goes off in CS:GO. <laughs> like you obviously <laughs> changed windows. Uh, so that one's uh, that one's pretty damning. Uh, there is now a South America uh, cheating allegation, a whole ring. It seems like um, I read through the details um, just like a- an hour ago. There was like a tweet from like Chompix out there. There's definitely more details that are going to be coming out. Uh, but it does kind of seem like this is just a general like uh, ring of of betting and match fixing of multiple people involved in multiple teams uh, in the South American DPC second division. Um, not surprising that the lower division uh, has this sort of cheating allegations and stuff like that. I wouldn't be surprised if it's in uh, upper division in one or two regions. Uh, but obviously, you know, like there, there are uh, some havens of integrity, I think, just because Dota is still worth a shit ton of money. And why would you... Uh, why would you possibly throw away, you know, like 10 years of work that you put together uh, for a chance to be able to win a shit ton of money? So, so but yeah, it's there. It's out there. It's not surprising at all to me because the amount of money that is the, the surprising thing for me about South American DPC Div 2 was the, the how little uh, some of the payouts were for this. Uh, just because some of the what other numbers like, I've heard like low thousands. Uh, yeah, like hundreds, low thousands, uh, not a particularly large amount of money. I mean, obviously more for, uh, players who are operating in South America where the money's going to go farther, but also in div two where you're probably not looking to try and go to TI. Uh, so, but yeah, uh, I see 1500 souls, 3,500 souls, 1500 souls to USD is $393. That's, I mean, obviously money is differently in some of those countries and this worth considering, but, um, that doesn't sound like much. Yeah. That, that doesn't sound like much to me. No. no. Um, but again, these are players that like, they, they're not trying to go to TI, so we might as well make some money out of this. And if Dota's on the the decline or you just don't really see a future, you're moving on. You're not going to play, you know, professionally or competitively a whole lot. So if I were to just hypothetically take like the thumbnail for this episode on YouTube and like the title and call like cheating in the DPC question mark explanation point question mark question mark like what picture do I put up there like is it you like put, you put me Leonardo DiCaprio pointing at like, TV oh, oh. oh I told you I, I told you <laughs> look I told you cheating <laughs> cheating was gonna be a big thing yeah. That's uh you know, I, I, just to be clear, I haven't really like the inside information, quote unquote, that I have about these sort of things is just like I've had players tell me like, yeah, I've gotten messages where they're like offering like thousands of ten thousands of dollars 
uh, to match fix. It's it's crazy. Like that that is the limit to my inside information. So it's not like I saw any of this coming or I knew any of this. It's just I, I just feel like that is where we're at as we reach uh, twelve years of Dota. Uh, and things are, you know, we, we stagnated. We've been on the decline a little bit where Dota is going to be fine. It's going to be around for a while, but it's not terribly surprising to me that there is going to be uh cheating that's, that's going around. We just have to be aware of that and make sure that we prosecute it to the fullest that we can within the context of Dota, um, which We'll see what Valve does with all of this, and and who ends up getting banned and who doesn't. Now, what if you're what if you're somebody like playing in the, in the Chinese DPC? Say say your team is new. Uh, they're called um, it's like uh, knights, maybe. Um, <laughs> and and you've, yeah, you're going to the major. Yeah, yeah, you're uh-huh. going to the major. You had a pretty good season, but now you've been accused twice of having issues one early in the season and now another one um I, th- I think it was actually vlad who on twitter was like hey guys there's some problems going on here with like candidly at least for me not a ton of evidence it's just like a big spike in betting odds like very specific betting things which is indicative of p- some action happening or it's indicative of a couple people being really stupid but i i don't know like like what if you're a team that's going to the major and has a couple accusations against them that feels wild you know, the, the, I just thought of this. What if, right, the the spike in in uh, when it comes to betting and stuff like that. Uh, what what if that's just uh, what what if it starts with the accusation that Knights is cheating, and then somebody's like, like some whales, like, oh, those guys are cheating. I'm gonna drop a shit ton of money on them. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't remember exactly what Vlad said. I was just, that was just a random thought. What, what if the accusation of cheating leads to higher, uh, uh, higher, you know, betting numbers for that team in a specific match? Um, yeah, Vlad said, I actually just pulled a tree when you were saying the last thing. He said, unnormal amount of money were placed on Ehome victory on map two. And what makes me really sad is the odd even number of kills on map two. Presumably the bet of like if there's going to... That's, that's like a normal yeah, prop yeah, that I yeah. think like will end. Odd or even number of kills. Um, yeah. And then with just the, the blanket statement, Knights versus Ehome match was fixed. Um, which, for all journalistic purposes, not confirmed. <laughs> Look at that. Hire me, yeah. Wall Street Journal. Yeah, I think the the prop bets are really the one that are uh, the scariest because you can throw a game without having to get the players to commit to throwing the entirety of the game, right? First to 10, I know, is a very common one because I see it all the time in Twitch chat. Uh, and like people just get so hyped about the 10th kill coming in. If the score is nine to nine, I see the chat is going ballistic and I'm just uh-huh. like, what's, what's going on now? Now I know it's, it's because there's a prop bet of first to 10. Uh, so you can uh, like, like if you're in that position, like you could very easily just like, all right, well, we're going to give away the 10 kills, but still try really hard. It makes it even harder to from a third person perspective of just watching the game and watching player behavior again i think players have been dog shit a bit like in the past of being able to hide this behavior uh for the most part the people who have been caught have done a terrible job of of hiding it uh but like these sort of prop bets make it even easier 
to to hide that sort of behavior, right? Because mm-hmm. you know, like you you only have to give away a few kills, and you could still super try hard uh, to be able to win the game. Yeah, or you can just you know end the game with one more kill or zero more kills if you're trying for an odd even thing, right? Yeah, that one. That one's uh, that I did not know was a prop pet, and that one is perhaps the most egregious. Uh, just because, yeah, you could literally just fucking can't you just like, all right, we're we're any the game. The only okay, the hard part about it is like the enemy team, is, like if they're not match fixing, right? Mm-hmm. But you are, uh, and you're winning the game. You don't know when they're gonna GG out. So that one is kind of interesting uh yeah yeah i'm that feels hard to do without like really good coordination from most parties yeah what do you do to like you just constantly maintain odds if you're winning if you if you batch fix for an odd number of kills you're just like ah we killed someone ah someone go suicide quickly quickly before you know like they just in case they gg out like how do you how do you protect it but in a nor like in a normal like the 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 defending team lets uh like they they play it out to the full extent you know you could just go fountain dive mm-hmm. that feels so obvious though Oopsie doopsie. Right. Yeah. Gonna go fountain Yeah, but dive. like at the same time, when you're like conclusively have won a game and you're literally just ending throne, like players drop items and shit all the time. Uh, you know, it's like I, that sort of behavior is not that abnormal. I guess. Where do you. Okay. So we got most of the sections happening in like Div 2, right? Um, yeah. Except for the accusation against Knights and Ehome, which is Div 1, China, obviously. Yeah, and the fact that they're they're slated to go to Lima and stuff like that, like I, I personally am, I I I feel like I have no inside information here, but I feel like Valve has always taken cheating uh, allegations pretty seriously, and yeah, they have Mookie done, says hi, right? <laughs> yeah, they've done their research like pretty quickly. I feel like they follow up on the allegation like really quickly. So the fact that again, there's nothing that has happened yet is I assume that is inconclusive. Uh, so I'm going to operate on an assumption that they were were not cheating, um, and that was just you know really good warding by whoever. Both knights and Ehome are going to Lima, like you said. They're both in yep. different <clears throat> groups. We had a group draw the other day, and yep. uh, which one are you more excited to follow? Okay, so uh, I'll list out the the teams really quickly. Group A has Ehome, E.G. Execration, Gaming Gladiators, PSG LGD, Talon, Team Spirit, TSM, Tundra. Uh, the scary part of that group is the fact that they have two TI winners uh, in Team Spirit and Tundra. Uh, so that one is scary because those teams at their best won the biggest tournament, right? So you have like two behemoths. You've got PSG LGD in there who is very good. Uh, they won. Um, that, they won China again. Yeah. 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 Uh, I believe so. Yeah. The the score was not. The score I believe was pretty close. They won um, China off a tiebreaker. Yeah. Yeah. They were six and one with Aster, who uh, I think I might favor more from the limited amount of uh, China DPC that I've watched, but. Uh, I haven't done my research fully for Lima. Also, I'm a caster, so I don't have to do as much research. Whenever uh, like I go to, to uh, a, a, an event and there's 
potential that I have to work as a, a panel, I do so much more research mm-hmm. than I do as a caster. Because gotta have those insights you gotta have those fun fun talking points to, to pull out yeah yeah i also like as a caster i'm can be more uh reliant on my partner who i trust svg to do i mean he's uh, very very hard working so i know he's going to do all of this research and in some ways it does open up a little bit easier for me to like ask questions and that mm-hmm. sort of thing uh i still do research it's just not as in-depth uh, because I don't feel like I need to have strong analysis. Uh, I don't have to have the best analysis that I can possibly have, which I need for panel, I think. But anyway, so that's group uh, Group A. Uh, another thing to note about Group A is Group A has two Southeast Asian teams, uh, which is... I actually, you know, I was I was watching back Geek Slate versus Blacklist, and I in my head I was like, Geek Slate is the best Southeast Asian team, mm-hmm. and then I watched the uh, game three uh, because Sheep sent me a message about it. She said the cast was really good, uh, and so I was like, oh, I'll I'll go back and watch that. And now I'm not so sure that Geek Slate is actually the best team. I thought Geek Slate had the best chances of having a high performance. Uh, of the C teams, maybe it's actually execration, uh, but either way, I feel like the region is kind of messy right now, uh, and games tend to go really late. There's a lot of mistakes happening, and as a result, games do go late, which given the uh, performance by another team that is going to Lima, Shopify Rebellion, and their recent performance at BTS where they closed out the grand finals and like a grand total of like actual game time was was something like 80 minutes or something. They 3-0'd and they won every game within like 25, 30, 35 minutes. Like they, they just stomped the shit out of nouns, uh, which means that they were playing really fast. Uh, so that like... I don't know. I, I just have a feeling that C is just not on, not on the, meta. the meta right now. Yeah, yeah I, I, I have a feeling they're just not going to do well. Uh, so that that is why I mentioned the two C teams. Uh, and it, and they also have Ehome, who I think is the, the weakest of the Chinese teams. Uh, so at that, I feel like Group A is, is definitely the weaker uh, of the two. Even if they do have Team Spirit and Tundra TI winners, not not really uh, convinced. I think it may be a, might be a little top-heavy. That's all. So are you saying that it's easier for you to predict who's going to drop out from Group A, whereas Group B is more of a crapshoot? Mm, uh, okay, so I rate strength of groups by how hard it is to get into top four. Okay. Uh, and how hard, and then after that, how hard it is to stay uh, in the tournament period and not get eliminated. So I think... Group A uh, is messier on the bottom, whereas I expect Team Spirit and Tundra to have a clear, easy road to to top two. Uh, and I think the third and fourth spot of Group A, potentially, especially the fourth spot, weaker, weaker teams in that fourth, fifth, and sixth spot. The teams staying in the tournament, I think, are going to be weaker uh, okay. in Group A. Uh, whereas Group B, I think, has is a lot scarier. Uh, they have Beast Coast, Bet Boom, Entity, Geek Slate, Hellraisers, Knights, Shopify Rebellion, Team Aster, and Team Liquid. Which, 
right away, I look at it and say, okay, Ben Boom, super scary team. Liquid, super scary team. Uh, Shopify Rebellion, what? <laughs> Maybe they're a scary Maybe team. They I'm not are. really I don't sure. Know. They got 2 0 by nouns and then they turned around and 3 0 nouns. So I, I don't know exactly how to feel about that team. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure if they're a top four team right now, uh, but I do think Aster is very strong. So you got you got three teams in there that I think are super scary. Beast Coast um, won South America. Beast Coast did win South America. Uh, I think they're they're not a team that I would put on top. Um, I I still kind of feel like EG will end up having a better performance internationally. Uh, they're in Group A, but I do think Beast Coast decent chance that they're. I mean, I think they're probably going to stay in the tournament, and I think a uh, decent chance that they end up being the fourth uh, fourth best team. Maybe they end up fifth, sixth. We'll see. Uh, but as it is, I feel like there are more teams in Group B that have a chance to win the tournament. All right. Uh, and that also makes it harder to place in the top four as a result. Yeah, I look at Group B um, through biased eyes and go, you know, I feel fine, but also th- there's a lot of there's a lot of strong teams in this group. There's a lot of strong teams yeah. in this group. I, I've watched Aster play a little bit. They feel really good. EG, excuse me, Shopify, you never really know. The only teams that I'm actually not really concerned about are, are Hellraisers and Knights. And Knights, I'm saying, even though they like performed adequately in China, I know we're just memeing on them a little bit. Um, a lot of them don't seem to have taken a big stage before. And that always feels like a, like an important uh-huh. one to me. Yeah, I mean, Hellraisers, they do have Solo. Um, so extremely experienced captain. Maybe that'll help uh, the fact that they do have a bunch of uh, new guys showing up on stage. They also have Yuragi standing in, uh, which is probably one of the best stand-ins you could possibly have uh, for a team like Hellraisers. So... Yuragi, who is still on OG, but standing <clears throat> in for Dehawks, who has gotten the old, the old boot. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, there's... Something really weird going on there. Uh, as far as uh, DeHawk has put out, uh, basically said he's going to talk about him more, but he is the his whole situation on that team seems pretty toxic. Uh, potentially on both sides, I don't really know. Like he basically talked about how he would wake up early, and uh, but then like there was a response about like how he would intentionally limit his hero pool because it was quote unquote too easy to play certain heroes. Uh, which is not maybe not the best idea for practice uh, to have that kind of like I I I, I know players like that uh, the the players who are like oh I like I don't want to play that here like that hero is like two mana it's too easy to win Lena right now is too easy to win that hero is yes op but it is easy to win with that hero it that is a very low execution hero. All you do is just throw a spell somewhere on the ground. If it hits a hero, then you just right click people. Laning against Lena is intolerable because these Lenas are, are just they are insane. It's it's like a, a like Drow Ranger sniper on crack with the way they position where they're just like, I'm going to right click this person. And they just play inside of the creep wave, continuing to right right click you when any other hero I think would get punished. Uh, but Lena can do that. So, you know. Whoopty do. Anyway, uh, so yeah, th- that whole situation seems kind of weird. We'll see if Hellraisers is made better by Yuragi being on it uh, or not. But I know someone did a, I think GPK did like a, a tier list, and I think he had Depressed Kid in the S or A tier of mid laners. 
uh, which makes me feel a little bit better about Hellraiser's chances. Uh, I've at least being a, a decent, you know, contending team. I don't think there's anybody in Group B that I think is just going to bomb out and go zero and 12 or whatever the fuck their number is. Yeah, I mean, I expect Geats Lake to still get wins. Hellraiser <laughs> should get wins. Knight should get wins. Those are probably the three teams. Probably those three teams and maybe Entity, depending on what form they show up in, are the four that I'm looking at to probably be towards the bottom. Yeah, I think that's that's probably pretty solid. Knights, Hellraisers, Geek Slate, somewhere in the bottom three with the potential of Beast Coast and Entity uh, having just a really bad performance. And, and you know, th- those two teams could easily be top four or, you know, I could see a world where they just have a bad tournament and bomb out. That is possible. I think Liquid, Aster, Shopify, and Bet Boom are all pretty solidly locked in the top four. Um with a slight asterisk on Shopify, um, just seeing how they actually perform, not in against NA teams. But Cap, uh, isn't Batboom gonna win, lose one game, and then they're gonna have a fucking uh, circle jerk explosion, and then all of uh, Russia's gonna collapse, and then they're gonna uh, <laughs> murder each other on stage? Like that—that's the narrative uh, that I keep on hearing in, in some uh, way, shape, or form. I think it is a valid narrative. I think GPK himself, uh, I've been, he had like super long interviews that have been uh, put up on Reddit. Uh, I've been reading all the 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 translated uh, posts that people have been posting on Reddit. Uh, a lot of really good information on there. Um, GPK himself fully admit that, you know, that, that is a possibility, but he did, <laughs> he did address that. He talked about the fact that like how when they were on Verge Pro and stuff like that, like, just in general, they were younger. They like, and those players are still friends. It's just like certain things couldn't work out uh, with that team. They've got Toronto, Tokyo, who I think uh, I have a lot of respect for, and everything that I've read and heard said about him as a player. And I think he could be a, definitely a good stabilizing force. Uh, and I hold pure as a player uh, to very high regard. I think he's crazy, crazy good, and he made. Uh, entity uh, so much stronger last year, uh, especially in the online performances on land. Stormstormer definitely like he was a absolute monster on land, but I think uh, Pure was was very oftentimes like carrying them through uh, some online games. That's exciting. I'm I'm just kind of happy for the tournament to happen. Um, I think I think I just have bonus excitement because for the first time in, I'm gonna say ever there there is like a, a real walking into a tournament and being like you know i can say that we might win this and it might not be like a silly copium thing to say like it like it's it's a mm. realistic thing to say like are you know we don't know to put that is i can say hey guys i think liquid's gonna win and you won't just laugh at me like you can go like you know what maybe <laughs> and 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 i don't think that's yeah. been the case for the last like two or three years so yeah but that, that just means that disappointment hits that much harder yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there, there is a there is a flip side to that. We'll see how uh, consistent Liquid's performance is uh, this year, but I do think I mean Nisha's a very consistent player. I mean, he really has zero downs uh, throughout his career, and uh, I think in general the Liquid team has probably weathered through last year's uh, ups and downs and grown a, a lot. Uh, um, and they're probably in general have figured out a, a better formula here's, uh, for things so here's the, here's the big thing for me uh, mm-hmm. Boxe and Mickey 
still playing like they were playing at TI. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Boxy might be the, the best four in the world. Yeah. Judging by, uh, I did a episode with uh, Blitz uh, and judging by what he had to, to say, uh, or rather what he said Matu had to say about Boxy, uh, it does put a very, uh, very bright, shiny light on Boxy as a player, uh, even though other players don't necessarily feel the same way about him. Uh, but we'll see. Maybe he'll, he'll change the minds uh, this year, maybe at this very event, You know, uh, if, if TI wasn't enough. You know, I, I actually listened to the Cap and Blitz podcast yesterday, um, uh-huh. which if anybody listening hasn't, you should just subscribe to that feed because um, it, it's one of those shows which is great for me who listens to a lot of podcasts because I, I really appreciate a show that really does come out like five times a year because I get excited <laughs> when it happens. I know that I'm going to listen to it and I always uh-huh. enjoy it and I don't, you know, it's, it's great. Uh, so I, I, I was, see. So, so that's why you're trying to turn the side pull podcast into that. I have been having a very rough couple of weeks, Austin. <laughs> Please forgive me, everybody. You got him. Um, I mean, you know, it was my fault, too. I went to my mom's and stuff. I, you know, I for, forgive me for thing. seeing family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Forgive me for uh, taking a couple airplanes um, and having a couple, <laughs> men- having a couple mental breakdowns. Um, uh, what was I saying? Um, I was standing in line waiting to get lunch. I actually went to, like, a, like a popular chicken shop in Pasadena yesterday, and... Okay. Uh, I was like, I'm going to start listening to, to the Cap'n Blitz podcast. And then it started to finish around the time that I got my food. So mm. <laughs> you kept me company in line. It felt like I was there with my friends, which was cool. Uh, you, you the, did, sh- the, the podcast was like an hour and a half. How did it take you an hour and a half to get food? You it, go to Howlin' Ray's? I did. Oh, okay. It makes more sense. Yeah, yeah. it did. They, so they opened one in Pasadena. This is... Ch- uh-huh. If you haven't been, it's like you walk into an episode of of the Bear. Everybody's like, "Yes, chef!" Like it's a real kitchen. It's crazy and it's really cool, and they give you free stuff. It was really nice. Like the whole experience and super really long nice. lines, like the one in Chinatown. Yes, I I went at a okay. bad time on the weekends. They're only open till four, and also on the weekends they do chicken and waffles, so people go for the waffles, which right, I didn't yeah, know. If funny. I were you, who lives closer, you should go on a weekday. Uh, but they're closed yeah. Monday, Tuesdays. Anywho, not a Halloween Rage promotion. Uh, <laughs> But probably still the gold standard for hot chicken. Moving on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys did this funny thing where um, it's like you were going to end the podcast like two different times. And I looked at the media player on my phone and I'm like, there's still 40 minutes left. What are they going to talk about? <laughs> yeah, it tends to it tends to go that way for sure. <laughs> I also like messed up the intro. I do very little when it comes to editing. No, oh, hold thing. on. I thought that was intentional. I thought no, that, I, it wasn't. I, I thought it was intentional because you did like a, okay, you ready to go? And then, and then you know, Will's like, yeah, okay, let's do yeah. it. And then there's like a beat and then you're like, hey, everybody. It's not, and I'm like, oh, man, that's cool. They were doing like a little like, you know, false start behind the scenes thing. But really? <laughs> no, it's, that's actually how the podcast starts every single time. And I usually edit that out. And then I forgot, left it in, and then I listened to it, and I was like, whatever, it's not that bad. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It it was interesting for me, uh, you know, who probably has more perspective than most to to hear y'all talk about uh, some, of, some of the liquid stuff over the season um, I'm really glad that that mostly blitzed a platform again to talk about like hey guys we're not paying Nisha like a bajillion dollars because that rumor makes me like <laughs> upset for some reason <laughs> 
um, because of how wrong it is. Uh, and also like, oh man, he's streaming. They uh, they must have like a crazy contract that they're forcing him. And it's like, no, we're not. Everybody, can you stop being silly? Um, look at these look at these loser simps, Joey and Blitz, having pride in the the people, the organization that they work for. I know. Make Dota sustainable. It's important. Mm. Well, that, that's not going to happen, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking um, of uh, Dota being unsustainable, Fnatic, a popular uh, <laughs> esports organization dude. and team, has been in Dota forever, has dropped out of Dota. <laughs> Is this... Um, okay. Well, okay. So, do you think that they are going to be out of Dota indefinitely or until ti comes around or until they can pick up a team somewhere between now and ti uh well judging by what happened afterwards with uh, a number of the players saying looking for team and um and that they were willing to relocate which at this point in time i feel like is sometimes just copium mm-hmm. <laughs> like like um the seat, the seat has always been rifled through for all the best talent. Uh, and I do feel like for uh, some people that like, I do know that some of those players like actually wanted to stay in Southeast Asia. Uh, but I, I also feel like some of those players, like I, I just don't know if there's actually any international attention uh, for them. Hold up. Hey, can, you hear, hey, hey. can you hear my washer and dryer? No. Oh, okay. Well, if you can't hear it, never mind then. Anyway, uh, what was I saying? So, yeah, the, so both Gabby and Armel, I think, have put out uh, that they're looking for a team. They're willing to relocate. Uh, I think that Fnatic will probably still pick up a team uh, uh, because they have a long history in Dota, and sometimes these things just come to a point of pride. Uh, I think Dota is still a premier esports, so I do imagine that Fnatic will get back in before TI happens. Whether maybe they pick up a team specifically for TI, uh, we'll wait and see. But it, it just looks like to me that team sort of imploded. They didn't really have better options, so what's the point of like grabbing a team that you don't really have faith in? Especially since you got bombed down to Div 2. Better to just wait until there's a team that does perform well, pick them up and take their upper division slot, you know? Whoever's coming up from Div 2, and if they look good and stay in Div 1, maybe you pick them up instead. Yeah, I mean, those teams that are that are succeeding right now, I don't think they have... I mean, there's, there's Army Geniuses and Polaris are the two who are coming up. Polaris yeah. is an actual org. Army Geniuses is, I guess, two, but they're like more of a mobile thing. Uh, they probably have buyouts. Um, yeah. But, ooh! I I did not expect to see this, but if I stop and think about Fnatic leaving, it makes sense for reasons you said. The big one for me is like, if you're not going to be in Division 1 as a Tier 1 esports organization in Dota, why are you there? Um, yeah, I can't sure. I can't think of any teams um, sans Alliance, which not to be too inflammatory, I would not put them in the same bucket as like, you know, Liquid, G2, Fnatic, 
Hundred Thieves, sure. like EG stuff like that. Um, and then the other like Nigma, who's kind of similar. But how many other like tier? Now you can say secret. How many other tier one esports organizations or like tier one point five have Division two teams? Yeah, not very many. And if they do have them, they uh, they are teams that should have a clear like secret. Obviously, tier one in Dota, not necessarily tier one in the esports uh, scene in general. And, and I, I would actually start to contest that because they do have a spot in in VCT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The um, that then I think that like they very re- realistically will be back in Division One next season. They also have uh, a group of players that are very valuable, most notably Puppy. Uh, and he'll always be valuable, even if he's in Div Two. So, yeah, um, Fnatic's been in Dota since November of 2011. Yeah, Fnatic EU. I think their first team they picked up was the Han team. Uh, was that they had Trixie and was that the first one? Uh, no, that actually wasn't the first team. That was their second team. Their first team, and I only know this because I'm looking at the Wikipedia page right now. Um, uh-huh. is they they had a team of uh, Serbian players uh, for four or five months uh, in 2011 into 2012, and then they dropped those and then picked up the Han team, which was Arahani, Trixie, No Tail Fly, Razine. And Mitch, yeah, I, I do actually. Uh, I remember those names. I don't think that team had any. Uh, I mean, they weren't a TI. Ninety nine percent certain. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, how long did they have that team? They had that team for four months. I'm not even gonna count them. They okay. don't count. Okay, fine. Then they then they started with the Han team, and then they hell yeah, I got it right, baby. And they moved to Southeast Asia in 2015. So they've been in the region for like eight years. Yeah, seven eight years, right? Um, the the other thing that makes me a little bit worried is that you've seen a lot of esports teams just start to shed some rosters, which I think it, which I think speaks to like the. Um, maybe potential worldwide financial downturn that we may or may not be in. It speaks to uh, a lot of layoffs in the tech sector. It speaks to a lot of, you know, less money in marketing. If Fnatic doesn't have like a major sponsor that's coming back because of something like that, they might have less money and it might make the most sense business-wise to cut the Dota team, which is just expedited by the fact that it is going to be in Division 2 and a team that's not functioning. You know, you've seen C9 use a lot of teams. You've seen like Team Liquid have a PUBG team. You've seen seen this over and over and over again, right? Uh, So it's probably just just a, a mixing pot of a lot of different scenarios that are all coming to roost at an opportune time. My hope is that uh, they can field another roster and don't just shy away from Dota because of like some bigger economic issues at the company. Because yeah. Fnatic cannot yeah, get rid of League of Legends. And I don't think they can get rid of Counter-Strike, even though they're like not really top of table and haven't been for, for a hot minute. CSGO is bussing right now. It's uh they they hit a top concurrent player record again. Good for them. Yeah. Sad for Dota. Uh yeah. Oh, speaking of Dota, 
We had seven billion games. Oh man, that uh, is impressive. That's so much human time. Think about it, because, because seven billion games, even if you assume that most of them are like actually played out in some way, that's mm-hmm. that's seventy billion players. All playing for like an average of 30 minutes each. Think of the amount of time that that takes. Yeah, we could have accomplished so much more. We could have made an eighth wonder of the world, but instead. Shame. You know, such a such a big loss of potential. That's really impressive. I would really like to put it in context of like how many Counter-Strike games have been played, how many Fortnite drops have happened, etc., etc. Uh, you're talking about like so like game time instead of matches like what what uh, total game time yeah total, humanity total, like, has spent n- not not collectively but I would love to put the Dota numbers in context against like similar games or mm. like like different games um, because it, I wonder how much uh, how much I contribute to that hold up I'm loading up my Dota right now I'm gonna see how many matches I've played in Dota on on just Good. your primary. Yeah, because Steam Hours, well, I don't really have a secondary account, so. Mm. Joey, trying to, get, trying to get me caught. Hmm? I have 12,537 matches, so I'm part of that 7 billion. I'm a decent junk. 12,000. God, if I just, just do 12,000 times, what do you want to say, like like 35 minutes each? Uh-huh. That's uh ah uh, nice four hundred and twenty thousand blaze it. Let's just divide that by sixty real quick. That's that's seventy thousand hours. We'll divide that by twenty four. Um, Juan, just just you know doing some uh doing some quick math. That's uh, seven thousand divided by twenty four. In other that's math, a- I am point zero 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 one seven nine one percent of the seven billion. So you're. I did my part. So you're really close to have spending to have spent by this rough math um, 300 days of playing Dota, which is basically a year. So I'm just gonna keep rounding. You've spent roughly one thirtieth of time that you've been alive um, playing Dota, which feels impressive. Thank you. I'm I'm a very impressive. Like, listen, if I if, if I didn't get this job as a commentator, this that would be so sad. But <laughs> instead, it's a success. It's a triumph. Uh, it's it's a point of of uh, you know pride. Look how hard I work, everybody. I'm a good Dota player, and I'm a good commentator, and those things go go a little hand in hand, you know. But God, if I didn't have this job. Boy, that would be super depressing. You know, I'll, I'll push back really lightly for anybody in the audience who's like, I've played that much and I don't think it's sad. I Losers! Think- <laughs> loser! <laughs> You're a loser! <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Not going to push back. Bunch of losers. Uh, what, what, Should have uh, become a commentator, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> then you could justify your extreme addiction. Um... There was one more person who left a team. Just just to round that out real quick. Um, oh yeah, Ramsey's not on Dark Side anymore. Yes, the rumors have come home to roost. Who is going to be replacing Crystalis? Hmm. Hmm. Long have we waited, redditors. 
I knew that guy was shitting. I told everybody, Chrysalis is the entire reason that Secret did not win the International against snoring, boring team Tundra. God, those guys are boring. <laughs> That's a Redditor take, by the way. That's not actually me saying that. Uh, yeah, so it looks like, uh, obviously, there's going to be some changes in Secret, I think. If you can knock down to Div 2, probably not happy. Uh, so the rumor is that Ramsey's probably going to be heading over there. Somebody else, I don't really remember. Uh, I'm I'm just waiting to see if it actually comes true or not. Uh, um, but, yeah, I think it's, it's, you know, it was decently likely that Secret would make some sort of change. If not now... Because the hard part, I guess the the now that I think about it, the hard part of their position right now is to, let's say you stick with the team, right? Mm-hmm. The second season doesn't really tell you anything because you're in Div Two. No, you should you're, win all those games. If you don't, yeah, win all so those you should games win those failure. games no matter what. You yeah. can't actually tell. Like obviously, your scrims are probably a, a, an okay indicator, but like you can't actually tell if your team has gotten better and can make a TI run again, sort of deal. I wonder uh, if they in lose that third crucial season. I wonder if they lose some of their Div One scrim partners. Hmm. It's an interesting note, but I feel like yeah, yeah. I I think that that is possible, but at the same, they will actually gain more. Uh, technically, they will gain more Western European scrim partners while they are in Div Two because they are not competition. And I'm willing to bet that most people in D1 will still be willing to play them. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's maybe some, like, the very top teams. Let's say Liquid, like, top three at Lima or something like that. Maybe they don't put as much value in scrimming Team Secret when they probably have their pick of the litter. Uh, But I would say that uh, Team Secret would probably have far more options uh, at least when it comes to Western Europe than they used to because uh, now they're, there's no potential of them playing against that team in that season so mm-hmm. so just for clarity your prediction is that um, they're gonna they're gonna say goodbye to both Chrysalis and boom or just one um, or the other I I'm not super confident one way or the other but I think the the expectation the public expectation is Chrysalis and boom get kicked um at least boom gets kicked i'm like fairly certain about that um but yeah we'll we'll see but i do i do think now that i think about it more i think secret does have to make the change now because again the second season isn't going to tell you anything so you're going to go into the third season uh like with question marks of whether or not you're actually going to perform. And I'm not sure if Puppy wants to make another TI qualifier run, uh, considering how he fell short of winning TI. Uh, and I can't help but think that having to go through the wild cards and everything else did play a factor in that. If that's even going to happen again, have they resolved that on, on what the TI format's going to be? Or is this still a, a lingering question? They... Um, I don't know. I don't think they have. I think there isn't a wild card. What, from my understanding, was that I, I think I heard that Val only did the wild cards because of the the COVID situation. That was the only reason they did it, and they had no plan to do it again. But I feel like you should. I think it's good addition. Uh, but they they also maybe got some feedback from the teams 
uh, I, I don't know. Like you, you had both Secret and Liquid go through the wild card, and they got second and third. Like I, I, I feel like you, you like the community looks at that. Like if those teams bombed out, you could wipe your hands of the wild card and just be like, ah, whatever. Like we, we don't need to do that again. That was a COVID thing. That was because our major got canceled. Uh, but because they perform so well, both of them, it, like, defied all expectations, I would say, and, and not all expectations, but 99% of expectations for them to go through the wild card and then play second and third. It's I, not really a great look to take it away. I would. Because then people are just going to be, like, looking at the teams that, like, like almost made it through certain regions and be like what could they have done and there's always those questions right Virtus Pro got third what could they have done I bet they could have done pretty damn well at the TI main event uh, because they lost to Secret and Liquid like you know but I think I, I, I mean I would like to see the wild cards again my question is actually an economic one of how much money did it cost them to put the wild cards on versus what value was there gained out of doing it um well, this can lead into our next discussion, which TI is going back to Seattle. Allegedly. Man, a lot. A allegedly. Lot, th- 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 this, this show should be called Allegedly because of all the stuff that like we're pretty sure about but don't really know. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I am both excited and not excited but i think i'm more excited than than not i hope that it stays in seattle i hope that these rumors are true it is an easier flight it's in my time zone it's cheaper i have friends there um seattle ti's have always spelled fresh special and cool i want to see what key arena looks like after they've redone it i want to have the big screen out on the grass to go watch dota and see people like they're they're all of my favorite ti moments have been all of my favorite TI moments, except uh, Liquid playing on the main stage in Singapore, have been in Seattle. Yeah, I, I would agree that. I mean, like when it just comes to both the surroundings and the arena um, itself, which I guess I would consider like the outdoor TV part of the arena, but like even the surrounding area of Seattle is very nice. Uh, they, it always used to happen during the food festival. Uh, which was another bonus that probably won't happen again. Um, but like, there is a lot of areas around uh, the key arena that are cool to go to both for food and activities. Uh, it is definitely by far the best venue that we've had for TI when it comes to that. Dota mm-hmm. become, feels a lot more like a festival in that regard. Uh, there's a lot more uh, like things to do outside of Dota. Uh, and I think even like the, again, like the outdoor screen adds so much, I think, to your enjoyment as a viewer. Because when you pay for this sort of thing, like I, I went to TI, I remember what it was like. When you take the time out of your schedule to commit to go to TI and you pay the money and the flights and the hotels and all that sort of thing, you feel like you're missing out when you don't watch the entire thing. Mm-hmm. But if you don't watch it, like watching the entire thing is kind of a miserable experience. If you do that, like in some ways, right? You're just trapped indoors. You're you're like uh, in a stadium seat for yeah. sometimes up to 10 hours in a stadium seat it's not the most pleasant experience as a human the bathrooms aren't clean the food is expensive you are cramped it is dark 
Yeah, so like being able to have an outdoor option like adds so much. Cause so now you can go inside, enjoy the crowd and stuff like that, and then you can go outside, like maybe get some food, watch it on the grass. Like a by far the best uh, viewer experience that I have seen for almost any tournament that that I've seen. Uh, I I do I never got to see what the CS:GO Brazil uh, major was like because uh, I know they had an outdoor area. Um, but I'm, I imagine that probably rivals the uh, key arena setup and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the uh, I'm happy that it's going back to key arena. Allegedly, the rumors that we're talking about is there has been some Reddit uh, rumors about like what the major, where the majors were going to be, and then they ended on uh, TI being going back to Seattle, and so far. Well, with, it has been confirmed to the major venues that they chose uh, were all correct. So feels like it gives some validity to the fact that they said T.I. is going back to Seattle. But then John Patrick Laurie, who is a, um, the voice, he of is a voice actor and he does uh, uh, he does all of the announcer voices for T.I. and was there E-ho in person versus. for all of uh, the Seattle. And I think he was there for Vancouver. I can't remember. Uh, but like he's he's been there time and time again. Uh, he put out a post that he was going to Lima and then said, "I'll see you in Seattle for Ti." <laughs> so that got deleted afterwards. That little part about uh, the Seattle bit, uh, but it does feel like uh, combined with the Reddit uh, rumors uh, that that gives a pretty full, close confirmation uh, that. We're going back to to Seattle. Yeah, I I would say that at this point for me, it would be a real surprise if it was not Seattle. The the expectation of it being unconfirmed is that it's going to be in Seattle, which is is cool. Particularly since these venues have to be booked uh, well in advance, usually at least a year in advance. Uh, And like, it's not like they would have, uh, you know, it's entirely possible that like, the the John Patrick Lowry just like oh we want you to go to TI again and he's like okay and they book that with him and he just assumed it's going back to Seattle but I feel like that's a conversation you have if it's anywhere else you know at least anywhere outside of the US that's a conversation that you have uh, very clear in advance like hey we want you to TI and it's in this country yeah and do you, you have know? a passport <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> like-, like that sort of thing yeah he yeah so uh but yeah he's going to Lima which is another side note like yeah TI is probably going to be in Seattle but he's going to Lima uh and he didn't exactly say why so I don't know if like maybe the tournament organizer or Valve wanted him to do the in-person announcer again or maybe he's a part of some sort of announcement maybe uh i don't think muerta is uh voice acted by his wife who is also a voice actor she does glados uh, and she does like broodmother and death prophet i think uh i don't think muerta is voiced by her which would be another reason they could go uh, I think I saw something about uh, the, who the voice actress yeah, was for Muerta, and it wasn't her. My assumption is that that person is Latin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that, that, that also would be a pretty good assumption. Yeah, I didn't even think about that aspect. Uh, but yeah, if I, I remember, I, I, I can't find it now, but it was I think she was like a singer. Uh, 
the the woman who uh voice acted Muerta. So yeah. Uh, so I'm interested to see what he's doing there. Uh and if there's gonna be any sort of announcement involved outside of Muerta with that. Mm-hmm. Uh and also why are they bringing it back to Kirina? Is there any particular reason? Uh, that Valve wants to bring it back. I, I know it is a ten year, technical 10-year anniversary of Dota being released outside of beta. Um, maybe they just wanted it back for that. I don't know. Um, random thought. It might, I assume that it's easier for them to do it in Seattle, right? The, 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 this, yeah. this might be an easy-peasy TI year. They had they had problems in Romania and COVID, and then oh no, we can't do it in Sweden anymore. And like oh, now we gotta go to China and Singapore. Like this TI should feel almost like a reprieve. It should be like a like a slam dunk. We can go home to our own beds. Everything's great. That might be part of it. Yeah, and maybe this is just like the so you know we've had that conversation about how Valve have kind of said this is a passion project for us and the esports side and everything like that. Uh, with passion and interest going down, it's an old game. Uh, esports is kind of a messy business. Like maybe this is just generally like, hey, we want to do TI and we want to do it on our terms. We like you know maybe like maybe this is the future where TI just doesn't. We just come back to to Seattle again. We don't bounce around TI, or maybe this is just a one time deal. Let's you know, hey, we just want to do it for just this year. Uh, it does mean that you get more uh, Valve employees involved in mm-hmm. TI because they don't have to travel anywhere. So if they have any interest in Dota or in TI or in esports or anything like that, they can be involved without having a commitment of taking a break. Uh, you know, basically a month long, if not longer. Uh, a break uh, of flying somewhere and being somewhere uh, to try and set up TI. Uh, and if you're involved in that and you're flying that, you're probably spending more time even before that on TI. Uh, but if you're just like, you know, somebody who, you know, like, oh, I just, you know, like to, uh, to okay, like somebody who just does a little bit of programming on the side uh, for Dota or helps with like the match, uh, matchmaking system or something like that, you know, mm-hmm. like you can go in and be involved in TI and enjoy that. Uh, I, I personally think it's really good for one specific act, uh, aspect, which is the fact that it does get Valve employees involved in Dota and hopefully that it, it helps um, their image of Dota um, be boosted a little bit by just seeing a bunch of fans come together um, and, you know, enjoy Dota. The, you know, you sometimes forget the the joy uh and the love that goes into the game mm-hmm. uh when you all you get is the reddit aspect of the game which is very often not full of joy and love and very often full of fuck you valve fix this do that what's wrong with you why, why don't you talk even to us play this game anymore everybody's a smurf or a hacker yeah so then like then these sort of communities are naturally going to be like criticism is just more natural I think for communities like that. And so if criticism is more natural, then it becomes a negative, uh, like culture, if you're on the receiving end of it. Uh, but when you're at a stadium and it's full of people who are just happy and love being there and stuff like that, then I think it's an entirely different, uh, aspect of the fans of your game that you get to experience. So. Mm -hmm. I just hope it happens, man. 
I just want to go to to RGBs and get some get some ginger beer <laughs> and watch Ti on the grass. That's all I can ask for. Also, that means that uh, selfishly that there would be an event again in America this year, which we got one last year through wow, Texas. I mean, uh, America, North America, South America, be feasting this year if that is going to be the case. Because even if you're not going to Lima, but you're in the Americas, then it's on your time zone. Uh, which yeah, both Lima and Ti. So, uh, no. yeah, what, what good, is good for good for America is bad for the rest of the world. Is, is Lima ESC... The rest of the world is a much bigger part of, of Dota, much larger part of the fan base. But yeah, Lima is EST. Oh, buddy. I'm not going to have to stay up at night to watch those games. I just realized that. <laughs> Woo. Yeah, I, I'm currently in a group and it's all the other talent and they're talking about like, oh, dude, the poor, poor people from like Southeast Asia. That's another reason why I'm not sure C is going to do so well. It's it's like a 30 hour plus flight for for you to get from Southeast Asia to South America because you have to go up into the northern hemisphere and then back down to the southern hemisphere. Uh, people from Europe not having a great time. Uh, getting there. Uh, meanwhile, it's like a nine-hour flight for me. Yeah, I mean, because how do they chill? How do they fly from Southeast Asia? You probably have to go to the West Coast and then down. Yeah, I think so. I think because, that's where most, or or maybe they Japan. It's possible. Maybe there's some direct flights from Japan, so maybe they have to go up. But then, Tokyo is a common stop for me when I go to Southeast Asia, so maybe there's a direct. I wonder there. if there's any flights that go like through Australia and then stay down. Yeah. That That's pretty mm-hmm. far though. Cause even the flights to like Sydney to LA are long and you have to go further to go to South America. But Lima is on the West coast. I don't know. Um, <laughs> someone tell me in the comments. Um, is there, is there anything else? Is there anything else? Uh, Dota wise before, before you go pack your bags, buddy boy. Uh, no, no, I don't think so. Then um, you wanna you wanna Question? yeah you you wanna you wanna uh, hit up that pin post that we have not touched in a, in a hot minute. <laughs> I have an update. Okay. Let me find a question I haven't done yet. And I did a Vermilion one last time, I think. So let me find a different one. It's probably true. It's been a minute, but but yeah. Okay, we got a patch coming up soon, so I think this question is pretty decent. Uh, Patrick LeBrown says, with all the interesting new ags every patch, why is Venos still just extra damage? We haven't done this question before, right? I'm going to say talked no. about this before. I'm, but... I'm, I'm, I'm going to say okay. no, but you but you have talked about Venos ags before. Uh, why is it just extra damage? Yeah, it's kind of boring. Um, that being said, Venomancer's, most of Venomancer's identity is just damage. Um, part of what I, so I was, I've been on a kick lately, or I've been playing Core Hoodwink, and I've been experimenting with her Aghanim Scepter. Uh, do you know what her Aghanim Scepter does, Joey? I was really hoping you weren't going to ask me. <laughs> well, uh, it's called Decoy. It's basically her old shard. Uh, but now... You get the Aghanim Scepter, you create a decoy of yourself, you go invisible, and your decoy starts channeling your ultimate. Uh, and it will channel for the full five seconds, and it will automatically aim at the closest hero. Uh, and then at the end of it, it'll release it, and you basically get a second ultimate in a very extreme set of circumstances where you can actually somehow control a hero for five seconds. 
Um, and I have been experimenting with that, seeing if it's any good. And when you do pull it off, it's cool and it does it does do a lot of damage. Uh, but trying to get it is so hard. It's so hard to actually hit because somebody. Because you have to decoy in a spot where you can actually like hit them eventually, because it always yeah, charges okay. the full time. So I have to hit. Let me let me go through the key. So I have to hit E uh, to run through the trees. Drop Q, uh, the Alt Q, in order to drop the tree on somebody. Hit the bushwhack instantly. A decoy, or what I've been doing is decoying beforehand, so I shave off like an extra second, which they do here. They I think they get a, 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 a sound cue that that's going on, so even that's risky. But then use decoy. Pop uh, your ultimate as well. So for me, T then R, uh, and then shoot the boomerang, and then release your ultimate, and then you have to like scythe the vice them or glide near them or something to hold them after they get bushwhacked for enough time for your decoy to release its ultimate. Uh, and it's just like a lot of shit for a relatively, I would say, low output. When compared to a different hero called Lena, who when she goes her magic damage build, that's right, there's two different builds to Lena. You can go the magic damage build. And and like the, the fucking ending scene of Watchmen, where the blue guy, I forgot his name, goes and just fucking spoilers. Pops Rorschach just with a flick of a wave of his hand, or Lena, she just kind of casually just points at you. And does one billion damage and turns you inside out like a fucking finger of death. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it, it's like the ease of execution for Lena to just, you know, fly over and drop her loop pure damage Laguna Blade on your ass uh, and doing more damage than the things that I just described with Hoodwink's nonsense. Your, your literal eight button presses? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, she could just pop Aghanim Scepter, fly over. And, and fucking Laguna Blade you and then refresh if she wants to and Laguna Blade you again and there's literally nothing you could do about it except have an Aeon disc, I guess. The, uh, yeah, that's, that's you know, like there is a difference here. And, and that is how I see Venomancer's ultimate as well. Uh, and the fact that this hero that only provides really damage. Specifically uh, dot damage. Yeah, specifically damage over time. Giving him an Aghanim Scepter that only does damage. When everybody else, through their shards and their Aghanim Scepter, is getting mobility, getting new spells, it, it just... You have already hit the power creep of giving all these heroes mobility spells or disables when their identity originally never had any. The cat is out of the box. You have opened Pandora's box of what happens if we give all of these heroes that don't have disables, give them disables, or all these heroes that don't have some sort of mobility spell a mobility spell you've already opened that box you have to keep opening it you can't just fucking close the box again and leave some of the heroes left inside the box and venomancer is one of those heroes you can't you can't just leave him on an only damage buff when he doesn't have a disable or an escape mechanism like 90 percent of the heroes in dota right now can can i reframe this a little bit philosophically sure does every hero need to have an interesting aghanim scepter no, but every hero in Dota, I think right now, does need to have, SVG loves this word, a robust. He likes talking about robust heroes, a robust toolkit. You need to be able to have 
multiple tools. Just make you can't just be. I, I just when you say robust, I just think Marcy. Yes, it's, yeah, that, the, she is the most robusty of all the <laughs> Maybe motherfucking robusty heroes it like out that there. That one, but like she you know, bussin', or she robustin' out right now. Okay, uh-huh. she is because we've we've had this discussion. Go back a few podcast episodes of where I list all the things that Marcy is able to do, just mm-hmm. individual tools, mechanics that she does. Venomancer does like a slow. <laughs> it's like I slow you. He you can still wards. blink away. You can still four staff away. He's got a, a, a vision mechanic with the wards, but it's not as good as other things uh, when it comes to vision. What it is good at is disabling blink daggers. That is a, a bonus. That is a pro in his toolkit. Uh, he, what else does he have? His his shard does give you a stun. And it's actually a pretty interesting stun. I like the shard uh, because it can give you a stun off of their BKB usage, which is a huge problem for Venomancer, right? He's just he's just damage over time and is completely negated by a BKB, you know, uh, which sucks. But now his shard gives him an option where if you hit that on somebody and they try and dispel, they get stunned, uh, which is and they take damage. But like more importantly, they can be pop BKB and be stunned as a result of the shard. So this shard is super cool. It gives him a, a, a disable and it gives him an interesting mechanic because it now works. you just need to complete it with the Aghanim Scepter and give him a, a different, interesting mechanic because Link. the hero by itself is boring. You can give Marcy a, a to, 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 to wrap up this question, like you can give Marcy a boring Aghanim Scepter because her toolkit, she has so many tools. She doesn't need any more fucking tools. She's she's fucking, t- uh, what, what's that guy's name from Tool Time? Tim, he's, Tim, he's that Tim the Tool Man Taylor. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, that's that's her when she's flying through the air. Uh, you know, that that's her. Uh, Venomancer does not have a whole lot of tools, so you gotta make the Aghanim Scepter be interesting and do something uh, because the hero naturally does not have as much as others. Is Venomancer like one of the more flagrant heroes in this regard? Or are there other people we should look at first? Um... Venomancer is definitely on that list. Uh, I think Venge is another hero that I personally want to see changes for the patch. Um, she she is a hero that does have some interesting mechanics, no doubt. I think the both the Ags and the Shard are pretty interesting. Um, it's just that what she does pales in comparison. So her unique mechanic is the swap tool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Tony, tiny, ti- tiny, not Tony. Tony the tiny. T- T- Tony the tiny tool man. Tony. Tony the tool man. There. Yeah. Yeah. I think Tony is a broken hero conceptually uh, for what he does. But like Tiny just does what Venge does like a thousand times better. Right. He repositions a hero and is way tankier than Venge is, even with the. Uh, oh, also, you can send him farther. You also like have you can have the ability maxed out at level seven where you can't get maxed out swap until uh until level 18 uh there's another aspect of that this hero has vengeance aura which is just innately just doesn't really do a whole lot um it's basically like a vlad's at this point in time where it's just a base damage bonus it's just worse vlad's in my opinion um so i i think that is another hero where because the the swap is underpowered compared to other heroes and the vengeance aura is boring and doesn't do anything that is another hero that needs a rework um 
she has more interesting mechanics than Venomancer for sure, but she still suffers from what I think is the same kind of identity crisis in that she doesn't do that much and what she does, other heroes do better. The two that are top of mind to me, and you can tell me I'm wrong about this, and it's definitely more focused on like hero pool that I'm familiar with, is uh, is, is uh, Ursa and Abaddon. Wrong. wrong, wrong. Sorry, what? Ursa and Abaddon. <laughs> the, 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 those are two that I would put in the uh, in, in the same bucket as Venno, which feel mm. like their two their toolkits are a little bit more restricted, and the and the uh, ags aren't exciting. Uh, yeah, I, okay, so I will, I will agree with you to some extent, uh, but I think Ursa falls under the, do you need to have an interesting Aghanims for every hero? Uh, I don't, I don't think so. I think what the Aghanims and what the Shard gives you are powerful, even if they are, uh, boring. And the hero, I think, has enough interesting mechanics, um, to it. It doesn't have a stun, but it functionally has a stun because same with Marcy, like you have this attack speed buff that with a basher functionally is a disable. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got a little bit like if the hero had old Urshock is actually a great example of like the power scale, the hero's experience and like, right. Urshock used to be just a, a centaur. A, a centaur is a hero. Centaur is actually that hero, Joey. Uh, but yeah, he used to just like, you know, just slam the ground and it, it didn't really do but Urshock now gives you mobility oh and Urshock also with the shard makes you enrage which gives you damage reduction and status resistance like uh like that is a great example of how power scale uh in dota has naturally left certain heroes behind because every hero has to experience this basically every hero needs to have their quote-unquote boring ability be amped up because otherwise they just cannot keep pace with everybody else in Dota. Okay, so so Poison Nova now makes you uh, fly and stun everybody and <laughs> spawn three words on their corpse. Uh, problem solved. Hire, I mean, the, the, the spawning... Run. Spawning wards, uh, if they get hit by it, right? That's the... that They did that with uh, Gale. Um, that's a, that's a, an interesting idea. Uh, you could make wards that get hit by Poison Nova do more damage like uh, or something. Make them super wards. Yeah, yeah, you could. Yeah, like there, there are definitely um, some options of what the like. I think the ideal would be giving this hero just an entirely different unique ability. Uh, I, Centaur is a great example of another hero that's just left behind. He's he still has his. I'm gonna slam the ground. Uh, stun like so many other heroes used to have, but then they got updated to something else. He still has Hoof Stomp, a Dota 1 ability. Um, and that is part of his problem. Uh, he still has Retaliate, which is functionally still a Dota 1 ability. Um, that that hero sucks because he has Dota 1 abilities. And Dota 2 abilities are way better. Hmm. I, I like that that's the way that you framed it, actually. That that makes more sense to me, thinking about something as a Dota one ability versus a Dota two ability, because because Marcy does not exist in any version of Dota one ever. Oh, God, can't, no, right? Marcy, Marcy would fucking eat 
the entire Dota one roster and shit it out before lunch. Uh, you know, like that, that hero. Yeah. That hero doesn't even compare. Uh, here's another example. Sven, right? Sven, you're a carry player. Do you like playing Sven? Generally not. Okay. Uh, that hero, not super interesting. It's boring, but... and I feel like I never know when to ult properly to get like I, I, uh, I, I never feel like I'm ulting properly. Okay. Yeah. That that hero has some Dota one abilities, uh, but he used to have even more Dota one abilities. Where Stormbolt, Stormhammer used to be a single target stun uh, instead of doing a stun in an AOE around a single target. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like that. That is, you know, Warcry is an activatable ability instead of a passive aura. Uh, you know, like those are two examples of Dota 1 ability versus Dota 2 ability and like how naturally they're just stronger. I like this. Well, um, I'm pretty sure that 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 uh, we that was an adequately answered Patreon question. If you want to submit a question that we can talk about at the end of the show uh sometimes it's patreon.com slash we appreciate the support and i think that that's probably it um you yeah, probably I like, to- I like how i uh, that, that patreon question asked a question and i just re-amplified it the guy's <laughs> like why do venomancer eggs only do damage and i'm like yeah why does venomancer's eggs only do more damage i don't fucking know patrick but i think that's a problem <laughs> I feel like it's a plant question. Patrick might actually be you. (laughs) (laughs) True, I paid $5 just to put in. uh, You guys suck at asking questions. I'm going to do better ones. You you wanted a soapbox. That that is a challenge for everybody to go ahead and toss a question on Patreon. I'll go ahead and put a new post up for the new month. Um, And then, uh, yeah, uh, safe travels down to South America. I hope that you don't get involved in any government coups and generally stay safe. Uh, (laughs) And maybe I'll see you in Lima. An American doing a coup in South America? I never.